All right, so tonight uh, we're going to get back into our series uh, titled The Teachings of Jesus. Uh, and for the past several weeks, we've been looking at uh, the model or, or, or the example Jesus gives his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount on how, how to pray, how to pray. In other words, what we have in this passage is Jesus teaching us how to engage in conversation and fellowship and communion with our Father in heaven. And so if you ever felt lost or, or unsure or uncertain about how to pray, like how do I talk to God? What do I say? Jesus in this passage answers those questions questions. And so we spent uh, six or seven weeks on these verses. And so, in fact, um, if you want to go back and listen to those messages, maybe this is your first time here and you didn't have an opportunity to listen to them, go on our podcast. Yeah, we're cool like that. We have one. You just research uh, Risen, E-Free, and you could come up and get our old messages. So I encourage you, if you have not heard this series and you're, you have questions about prayer, go back and listen uh, to them. Uh, now tonight, uh, oh, I should say, as we've seen throughout our time studying this prayer, it's made up of six core petitions. Uh, six core requests uh, Jesus encourages us to pray. And tonight we're going to look at the final and sixth petition. So I'm excited to jump in. Let's go ahead and read our passage, pray and dig in. Uh, Ingles, would you read? Well, <laughs> Kayla, would you read? <laughs> Everybody get your sheets. If you don't have your sheets in front of you, get it out and be looking and following along as we read together. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you would uh, grant us spiritual wisdom and discernment now as we hear your word preached and taught. Father, please make it effective for our growth, for our sanctification, for our development as followers of you. Uh, so, Father, I pray that you would give these words power. I admit, Father, in, in me, uh, my words can do nothing. But you and your power can do everything. So I pray that you would, would be here with us tonight. Let your spirit speak through me. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the final petition of this prayer, uh, Jesus begins by teaching us to pray, saying this. Lead us not into temptation. Verse 13, that's the final Petition And the verb translated lead uh, here is pretty straightforward. It means to to bring or carry someone uh, or something to another location. So, for example, at one point in Jesus's ministry, uh, some concerned and committed men, they had a paralyzed friend and he couldn't walk and move, but they wanted him to be healed by Jesus. So they took that paralyzed friend and they brought him to Jesus. They brought him there. And it's in Luke 5, 18. It says they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. And those words, bring him, that's the same word here used in this passage for lead. So that's its more ordinary use, to bring something somewhere. But in this context, it doesn't so much mean to physically carry something like a paralyzed friend, uh, but rather the focus is on directing or, or, or guiding a person somewhere. Hence, on this occasion, it's translated lead. Lead. So here Jesus teaches us to pray his disciples and ask God to not lead us where? 
Where do we not want God to bring us according to this prayer? We'll look back at the verse. It says, lead us not into temptation. Temptation. So this past week, I sent out a text to a few students, some girls, some guys. And the, the question was simple. It was for young people, for young men or young women, what are the most powerful, the most tasty, the most alluring temptations? And so listen to some of your peers, some in this room, and how they responded. One senior girl replied, lust, parties, dieting or extreme exercise, lying to parents. I I think young women spend a lot of time focusing on worldly desires. We want to fit in, and we care way too much about what people think about us. But by living for this world, we we may find temporary fulfillment, but in the end, we are missing what we truly need. I think the world's expectations for us... Uh, leave us insecure, ingenuine, and feeling like we need to take control into our own hands. Another senior responded, I would definitely say one of the hardest things or temptations to battle every day is the power of comparison. As a young woman, it is so easy to lose your view of self-worth and worldly expectations. Another female student replied, for me, probably the temptation is joining in gossip talking about others, or the temptation of wanting to be like the other girls, changing your hair, your clothes, doing the things they do, maybe like vape, smoke, drink, party, have sex with many guys. And and now, as you might expect, I received shorter responses from the young men, okay? (laughs) Girls were hitting home. I mean, they were going into gospel gospel truths. It was great. One just simply responded, lust. Uh, Another said pride and having the strong idea we can do it alone. Another said popularity, girls, partying and drugs. While another said a lot of guys I know struggle with pornography and that stuff. There's stuff like cheating on homework. Pride is a fairly big one. And there's definitely a little lack of respect. Also crude humor is another one. And that's not to mention like drinking and vaping. And so from these responses, like from what we could gather from you guys, we could define temptation as any pressure, uh, uh, any influence that is drawing us, pulling us to sin against God. That's temptation. And, And I did this brief survey I asked the students and I asked you guys, I contacted your peers because I wanted to highlight how much temptation you all face. Uh, Vaping, drinking, smoking, partying, pride, porn, comparison, anger, disrespect, and it must feel like everywhere you go, uh, at the gym, at home, your phone, to the store, school, temptation is constantly pushing and pressuring you all the time. It is before us. It's behind us. It's always crouching at the door to have its way with you. Um, We're flooded with the most seductive, alluring enticements that we could even imagine. It's all begging us, come, come, enjoy this sin. And so I say, oh, how hard it is for you all to walk with Jesus. How hard. It's crazy. I mean, we've got these black boxes in our, in our pockets. These things, oh, it's brutal out here. Uh, and, and the temptation isn't just out there. Uh, it's inside of us. Our hearts, they're, they're prone to wander away from God. And the real problem is that we want the sin. We want it. 
We want to look at that lustful image. We want to cheat on that homework assignment. We want to lie. We want to be selfish. And that's why we're tempted. We want it. There's a, there's a traitor. There's a traitor who rages against God living within you. Did you know that? And so it's no wonder why Jesus, in the prayer of all prayers, right, uh, in the prayer that's supposed to serve as our, our guide and model, it's no wonder why he teaches us to pray, Father, lead us not into temptation. Because there's traps everywhere waiting for us to fall. Now, I want to be clear, though, God himself tempts no one, no one to sin. That is, God never will coerce you. He will never compel you or anyone else to sin. Uh, in the book of James, there's a cross reference on your sheet if you want to look at it. The book of James, chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, uh, you hear these words. There are some people accusing God of tempting them to sin. And uh, James, this pastor, he responds to them. And look at what he writes. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted... So when he's scrolling on Instagram and sees something inappropriate, when his boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend pushes too hard, like let no one say when they're tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. In other words, God's not like you. He's not like me. Uh, he's not attracted to sexually explicit images. Uh, God is not lured by riches and greed. Uh, God is not controlled by the desire for popularity. God does not crave drugs and alcohol. God is holy. Holy. That means he's different. He's different, completely pure and blameless and good. Therefore, he seeks to bring no one into sin. But you would say, Pastor Robert, but Pastor Robert, look at Matthew chapter four, verse one. Like, remember that whole Jesus being tempted thing? Do you remember when Jesus, before he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, who led him into the wilderness? Look at that cross reference. It's on the bottom of your paper. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let me say that again. God, the Holy Spirit, led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But see, while the devil sought to, to corrupt and ruin Jesus, God, his father, used that wilderness period to prepare Jesus for fruitful ministry. Students, while God does not seek to make us sin, he does want to use the temptations in our lives to strengthen and deepen our faith. Um, so we were at districts. We went to the mall. Uh, everybody remember that Friday night and uh, the, the entrance that we walked into. Uh, just kind of being alert, and knowing what's at the mall. I kind of look up and I can tell Victoria's Secret's right there. I rejoiced. I was like, I'm not going to look at that at all. Whew. Let's go. And I felt so happy. I felt like that has no control over me. I don't care about that woman in bras and panties. I don't care. I don't need it. Don't want it. I can say no to lust. No to even the thought of it. I don't even care about it. I'm just moving on my way. That wasn't who I was at 18. 
So what I'm saying is temptation over time, as, I, as I've resisted and endured temptation over and over again, I built up this strength, this endurance, this resolve to say no by the power of the Spirit. And so temptation, God uses, our Father uses to refine and shape and strengthen us. And so when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're not asking God for freedom from any and all temptation. That's not what we're asking him for. That would require us to die. <laughs> so what are we praying for then? I'm glad you asked. Look back at the verse again. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, disciples don't seek a life free from temptations, but because they feel the weight and the burden of temptation from the world, the devil and their own flesh, they plead with God, help me. <laughs> I need your help. They need protection to faithfully endure the temptation. And so this seems like this idea of praying for God to help us faithfully endure the temptation. I see this at the heart of Jesus's exhortation to the disciples in Gethsemane. So uh, remember, right before Jesus goes to die a bloody death on a cross, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying in anguish to his father. And before he goes and does that, before he gets on his face and prays to his father, he tells his disciples, pray, pray that you might not enter into temptation. That's the exact quote. 2641. It's on the cross. Reference. Pray, watch and pray that you might not enter temptation. That's what he tells them. And we know that Jesus was not encouraging the pray that they wouldn't be tempted at all because the temptation couldn't be avoided. Jesus would be arrested. Uh, they would face the decision uh, to either endure the charges with them or flee in Jesus's moment of need. And they chose the latter. They gave in to the temptation. And so the disciple of Jesus, it, we don't pray for a path without temptation. We pray for God's help to complete the journey through the wilderness like Jesus, through the cross like Jesus. We cry out in times of weakness, God, save us. God, deliver us from evil. And, and brothers and sisters, that's exactly what he did through Jesus for you. He delivered you. He saved you from evil and darkness forever. Jesus is our only hope. He is our only hope to be delivered from the temptation and sin that's pulling on you. You feel it every day, don't you? Don't you feel the pull every day to go against God and his commands and what he has for you in your life? It's constantly pressing and your only hope is Jesus Christ. In Romans 7, the Apostle Paul discusses, he talks about this struggle, this war that's going on in every human heart. Look there with me in the cross-reference section. He writes uh, verse 18. I have the desire to do what is right. I want to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So, so, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. I know you guys feel that. You want to do what's right, but you keep doing what's wrong. Every time you push into good, every time you press into God, evil is just crouching and close to you, lingering and haunting you. And, and Paul, he laments this war and struggle. And just a few verses later, Paul says this about himself. He's like, wretched man that I am. Verse 24, it's on your reference. Wretched man that I am. He's like, I'm a wretch. 
I'm horrible. Who will deliver me? That deliver, that's the same word used in our passage. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who's going to save a sinner like me, Paul says. And you know what his answer is? Verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus saves wretches like you and me. Jesus saves those who are opposed to God's will in their soul and don't want anything to do with them. He can change your life. Jesus delivers us from death. So, so students, by trusting in Jesus, by leaning on him, going to your father over and over again for help, and over and over again, we will be saved. And even in this life, by the power of the Holy Spirit, like I testified to you, God promises to give us that strength that we need to endure the temptation. He will lead us out. So we pray together. We pray, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father in heaven, if, if any of us here has, have not have not experienced the transforming power given to us in Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. And he will one day return to raise the living and the dead and judge the world and set all things right. If they have not been changed by the risen Jesus Christ, please, Jesus, please save them. Let them call upon your name. Give them your Holy Spirit. Deliver them from evil. Deliver them from themselves, Father, please. Do this according to your mercy. Glorify yourself. Show them your character, that you're trustworthy and worthy, and that you have pleasures that go forevermore, far more than the temporary things that this world offers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.